Hello there. Welcome everyone to the Storybook Amusement Podcast. I'm Matt and thank you everyone wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. As I'm recording this episode, Halloween is just around the corner. We're less than a week away from Halloween. And also we've got just a little over a week until the final night of Halloween Horror Nights 32 in Orlando. And as we draw near to the end of the proper spooky season, I just wanted to talk one more time about Halloween Horror Nights 32. I can't promise it's one more time. Maybe there'll be another one. I don't know. But at least one more time. Halloween Horror Nights 32. A lot of people out there are ranking their houses, putting them in tiers, whatever. They just want to discuss the houses, share about their favorites and their thoughts and what made the event so special. Well, today I kind of wanted to do that a little bit, but I'm not going to rank them, not going to put them in tiers or anything like that. I just want to talk about my favorite moments from each house. There were 10 houses at Halloween Horror Nights 32, as there has been in the past few years. Every single one of those houses had well-done scares, well-done sets, and just amazing, incredible costumes, acting, everything. Everyone who worked on Halloween Horror Nights 32, I'm talking too fast. Halloween Horror Nights 32, everyone who worked on it did a fantastic job planning, creating, and performing in the event. Seriously, just a giant thank you to everyone who broke their back to make this possible, whether it was behind the scenes or in my face, wherever, however you contributed. Thank you. The event wouldn't have happened without the people who created it, and they just, you can't say enough great things about what they did this year, how the event turned out, how it came together. It was just, it's just something special. So thank you. And on that, every single house had something that stood out to me in a positive way. Some houses more than others, but that's just the way it is. There are 10 houses. There's something for everyone there and just inside every single house. Uh, some of them I loved every inch of the house. Some of them there's just one big giant impactful moment that made my jaw drop, gave me full body chills, just flat out made me absolutely lose it, whether that was screaming or laughing, whatever it was. That's what I want to talk about today. Those big moments, those big moments, those small moments, whatever it was that I went home with after visiting Halloween Horror Nights, those scenes, those sights, those scares that made me look back on the event, just be like, that was special. They did a good job there. They did a good job. Obviously, this event is top notch with the theming, the execution, the effects, just the whole deal. Every single house has worthwhile, multiple worthwhile moments. We're talking top tier execution all around. But this, what I'm about to share with you is all from my personal experience. So you may not agree or you may have different moments that stood out to you personally. That's awesome. I want to hear about them. I want to hear about everything. But whatever, we're going to get into my personal favorites. So let's get into it. And just real quick, this isn't in any particular order. This isn't worst to best, best to worst. None of that. I'm just going to go around the park in order, starting with Blood Moon and ending with Monsters Unmatched. Just doing a circle around the park as you would if you're there. So no particular order other than just location. And obviously there are spoilers ahead, so... We're really late into the run of the event, so I'd be shocked if anyone out there managed to properly avoid spoilers, but just putting that out there in case anybody cares about it. All right, we're going to start with the first house you would come across as you walk into the park. That is Blood Moon Dark Offerings. And this house had so many stunning moments. The whole tone of the house overall was chilling. It was dreadful in the best ways. There's so many things I could look back on and be like, that was special. That was the best moment of the entire event. Um, we're talking about the blood moon itself. Ooh, 
the bell tower, the chapel, just moments like that. But there was another moment that really stood out to me personally, and it could just be from an experience that I had, but man, was this special. The middle of the house, maybe like kind of beginning middle of the house, there's a courtyard. If you've done the house, you know what I'm talking about. There is a free roaming scare actor in that courtyard. It's just a girl who basically stalks people. She watches, she follows. She doesn't really do anything beyond that. She's not trying to give you any jump scares or anything. She's just trying to get under your skin. And it's so impactful the way she's going about it. And just the way the house was designed, you can see that courtyard from different openings in the house, different vantage points, vistas. Like you could see that courtyard from alleyways and windows. So it's not just as you're walking by it, as you're walking through it, you could see it from multiple scenes. And I had to walk through this house where this girl in the courtyard was fixated on the group around me. She followed us from the courtyard, kind of wrap around you, go in a building. And once we were away from her in the building, she had her face basically pressed up the window watching us. She was stalking us from the alleyway. Just every single moment when we would have had a chance to see that courtyard, she was right there. And it just so happened to be the first time I walked through the house. So I'm like, whoa, that's different. Like, it's not just someone jumping out of a boo hole, which like, I get it. You have to have those are all great too. I love a good jump scare, but this was something different. Just giving her basically free range to creep everyone out the way she was doing it. It was so good. It was so good. So I appreciate stuff like that. It's just a little bit different. It was so good. So bravo to whoever had that idea. Bravo to the actor who was doing it. And just awesome. Awesome. Next up, as you're walking through the park, you would hit the Exorcist Believer. This is a house that for me was a full sensory experience. Like, I mean, every house is really, they're just so loud and overwhelming. The lights, the scares, just everything is just sensory overload. But this one, especially so because I think they had fans. There was something in this house that heightened that feeling. It was really eerie. It was really eerie. Uh, but there were really great grand moments in this house. I mean, just full on exorcisms. What else do you want from a haunted house? It was, oh gosh, oh gosh. There's that girl in the chair who is working her butt off, shout out to her, just going all out every single minute. She doesn't get to rest in between scares like some of the actors in the boo holes, but that's not the one that I'm really going to talk about. I think that's kind of the obvious one. And yeah, I'm going to talk about obvious other obvious moments in the other houses, but there's one scare that it wasn't really innovative. It wasn't really mind blowing. It didn't have to be. It was just unexpected and it was good. And it got me every time in one of the bedrooms, there's a closet door and one of the girls pops out from behind the door. It's really not that big of a deal. I mean, there are girls all over this house. They're really small and they just come at you with knives and whatever they're dealing with. They, they just, they want you in the worst ways. It's terrifying. But this girl, she's a little higher than the other ones. Like she's on a stool or something and it just catches you off guard. Like she's finally at face level with you. And it's, it's probably not the moment that everyone walks out of that house remembering, but it was a solid scare in a house that was jam packed with really strong scares. I don't know why that one is so memorable to me, but just the fact that she was like a foot taller in that specific scare, I don't know, just stuck out. It, it got me. It got me. This whole time you're walking through the house and like these four and a half feet tall scare actors are coming at you and like, it's good. It's scary. But then just one of them is like pops up where you don't expect them. That's good. 
Next one here is Stranger Things, and this, oh, I was so excited for this house. I loved season four of Stranger Things, and just, they nailed it with this house. I know it's not everyone's favorite. I, I know IP houses have sort of a reputation, but gosh, this house, I loved it. I loved it. If you guys have a problem with this house, it's on you. <laughs> All right, honestly. All right, seriously, seriously. It's a beautiful house and it's hard to pick one moment because this house is just full of really grand major scenes and they do such a good job with it. And just being invested in a show like this, it's a show that had such a strong grip on society for a few months. I mean, really a few years if we're going back to season one. The whole show is a journey in this house puts you right in there from Eddie's trailer to Elle's battle with one. Like you get to stand in the middle of the battle, like quite literally Elle's on your right, one's on your left, and you're in the middle of it. And then seeing the portal to the upside down above you with a bed sheet floating in between and like there's a full-blown upside down set above you like you look up at the ceiling and there's another room above <laughs> oh. and then you you're in Vecna's realm at one point it's so massive and the lighting is so good in there I wish gosh I wish we weren't rushed through those houses like we are because oh, I just want to take in that sight just a little bit longer Anyway, and just hearing the muffled Kate Bush running up that hill and you see a projection of the kids far away, like honestly, got me a little teary eyed, got me a little teary eyed thinking about the show, thinking about Max, thinking about all that stuff. And you're walking by it. And it's it's like muffled. It's so subtle and everything. Ah, uh, anyway, 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 the moment I'm going to talk about here, it's a pretty obvious one, pretty obvious one. That's fine. Dustin and Eddie rocking out to Metallica. I know people have their issues with this scene. They wish the projection were a little less obvious or they wish Eddie was holding an actual guitar. Let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be, I mean, that's nitpicky stuff there. Take all that away. Like, honestly, I didn't even really think about it because I was just so blown away when I first saw this site. This scene is so sick. And just going back to the show, that scene is pretty much the climax and you get to walk through it and it was exactly like the show and so much more, well, not exactly, but as emotional and just intense as it was in the show and so much more, you're getting to walk through the climax of an insane, wild show. You're hearing the guitar riff, you're hearing Dustin scream. It's so believable. Like, the emotions are at 11 at this point. It feels so believable. The actors are kind of backlit, so their faces are kind of in the shadow. So even though it's not the actual actors from the show, you can't really tell because like they got the hair going on. They got their whole outfits. You don't really see their faces. It's kind of obscured. You don't really notice it's not Dustin and Eddie. It's just something about that whole scene made me smile so hard when I first saw it. Like, yes, they did it. They did it. All the emotions I felt during the show came together, seeing and hearing all that. It's really special. It was really special. You, if you try to nitpick the screen or the guitar, why are you doing that to yourself? Just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. No, they're valid concerns or valid criticisms, whatever it is. But man, we got what we got and it was so good. It was so good. Anyway, moving on to the next house, Dueling Dragons, Choose Thy Fate. 
Where do I start? Where how do I choose? How do I choose a single scene from this? Like, if you guys listen to my previous episodes, if you just followed me for any period of time online, you would know like this is my thing. Dueling dragons? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I was so excited for this house and oh boy. I went into this house with practically no spoilers. I walked into the house. I freaked out. When I turned the corner, I saw the enchanted oak. I'm like, what? They did it? The enchanted oak is right here, right in front of me in the bark. I don't know what I'm trying to say in the flesh, in the bark. I don't know. Whatever. When Halloween Horror Nights 32 ends in a few weeks. Oh my gosh. I would hate to be the person responsible for destroying this giant work of art. Art. Oh, please don't destroy it. Oh, anyway, then you've got, oh, it's so massive. And you get to, oh, you're freaking out right now. And then you go into the room with the spell book at some point, the chamber with fire in the ice, there's lighting effects throughout. Like I just freaking out the whole time I'm going through here. You see the castle and at one point you see Pyrox claw and wing. Just real quick, real quick side note. If there's one thing I'm so glad or one reason why I'm so glad this house got built, it's because people actually know the names of Pyrock and Blizzrock now. And people actually know what the Choose Thy Fate reference is. I'm not trying to be like a Dueling Dragons gatekeeper. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying it's so good that this attraction, this property, the Dueling Dragons property, it's out there now. And, and people are passionate about Blizzrock and Pyrock like they haven't been in decades. Like this is so cool to see people actually knowing their names and catching the references of Dueling Dragons. I just think it's cool. I think it's cool. But where were you guys? No, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. Anyway, and then there are the caverns to the dungeon with the skulls and just, it was like for like a real quick little second, it was like going back in the Dueling Dragons line. That's exactly what I wanted from this house. And they did it. Like, not only did they do it, like they attempted it, they created it, they did it well. Oh, they did it well. Mm. Okay, anyway, my favorite moment has to be, it's another obvious one, kind of, but just the choose thy fate section. I went through this house probably about four times with the same ending where you get the murloc, or the murloc, the warlock, uh, the war warlock at the end who kills Merlin. He's holding Merlin's head. I'm like, oh, Merlin's my guy. That made me sad. I'm like, Merlin, no, no. But then I was floored. I got a different ending probably on my fifth walkthrough, fourth or fifth walkthrough. And I didn't know it was coming. I really, I honestly did not know this was coming. I was just floored. And I feel so bad because I kind of screamed in the actor's face, not quite in his face. I mean, like I'm a few feet back, but I freaked out. I freaked out. I was so excited. I had no idea Merlin, full on Merlin in his costume and everything. He was in this house. He's one of the endings. I was like, I'm walking by him. And I'm like, Merlin, like I couldn't hold it back. I'm Merlin. I think I might be in the minority here. But that made me so happy to see. I think most people like the other ending better, but man, seeing Merlin. Oh my gosh. Ah, the only thing this house was missing was a giant pair of coasters at the end. Like really, they couldn't just reconstruct the coaster for a temporary Halloween Horror Nights event right here <laughs> through September, October, and the beginning of November, select nights only at Universal Orlando Resort. They gotta do that. All right. Anyway, yeah, I guess the only other thing this house was missing was dragons. Oh, uh, um, they couldn't do done some puppets or something. Anyway, whatever, whatever, whatever. I love the house. It was perfect. Moving on. Oh my gosh, I can't move on. I have to move on. All right, next, on to the next one. I don't know what I'm doing. Or I don't know. I'm just alone by myself talking into a microphone about Halloween Horror Nights. And now we're on to 
Yeti campground kills from one beast to another. We're talking about the Yetis. Listen, I loved all the sets in this house. Like this was a really good set house, really good costume house. <laughs> so good. The forest, just overall, the lake, the retirement party. That was a good gag there. But how could I not love that moment with the little kid? Just the whole, do I have to describe it? You guys have all seen it, right? There's a little baby Yeti, unfortunately dead on the ground. And this little kid comes out teasing it, poking it with a stick, haha, ha, whatever. And then <laughs> this full grown adult Yeti just destroys destroys that kid he's gone he's done he shouldn't he shouldn't have poked the bear anyway that is such a good like bait and switch kind of moment where i, I don't know i didn't expect there to be that intense and just unexpected of a moment it got me off guard that was a good one that was a good one that was a good one and i guess i'll just say my personal favorite moment <laughs> i was going through the line and there was a severe holdup in front of us basically someone got stuck on one of the set pieces and it backed up the whole line. We were right there at the end. It was like the final Yeti. And we're there for a good minute. And when you're standing in one place in a Halloween Horror Nights house for a full minute, it feels like 10 minutes. Like also the operations team members are over there like, what's going on? Like we're trying to move forward, but this person's stuck. Anyway, there's a Yeti directly to my left. They're in the dark and sees what's going on. They throw their hands up. It's like, what's going on? They were just acting like so out of character, but in character, <laughs> it was great. Anyway, I just gave the actor a thumbs up and I got a little thumbs up from a Yeti. That Really, all that to say, I got a thumbs up from a Yeti and that, that it made my night. That made my night. Anyway, I'm going to move on to Chucky Ultimate Kill Count. Listen, everyone's mean to this house. I don't have to be mean to this house. I'm not going to be mean to this house. So I'm in line for the Chucky house first time going through and I'm watching the Q video, which that's really cool. First off, that while you're waiting in line, you have something to watch that's themed to the house. That doesn't happen on every house. It like rarely happens that you have any entertainment while you're in line. Those, uh. Anyway, the Q video, it's so good. And it had me cracking up pretty much every time there's this giant costumed Chucky on the screen. I don't know why. I'm like, that is so ridiculous. And I remember saying, if he's in the house, this is going to be my favorite house. And I went through the house a few times and he was never there. I'm like, man, false advertising. Come on. There's no giant Chucky in the Chucky house. I'm talking like seven foot tall mascot Chucky with the craziest hair. Just so stupid looking, but in the best ways, in a Chucky way. I don't mean that in any way other than that. Anyway, after a few times through the house, I go in again another night. That giant Chucky was actually there. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so ridiculous that, that that's just my I love it. I love it. There's nothing really to say beyond that other than I just love it. I wasn't true to my word, though. It's not my favorite house. I know I said it would be if he were in there. I was trying to make a deal. I was, I, you know what? I'm sorry. It's whatever. But that moment, it's like two steps into the house and you see him seeing that giant Chucky. It's ridiculous. I love it. Moving on, Dr. Oddfellow's Twisted Origins. Dr. Oddfellow's, wow. I didn't know what to expect from this house. Uh, for some reason, I thought it'd be a lot darker and more serious. I don't know why I thought that. I guess I was like imagining lore with Jack the Clown and like deep backstory stuff. I don't know why I didn't expect a goofy house. There were so many just like laughable sound effects. Just like seriously, like banana peel slipping kind of 
sound effects just slapstick humor all over the place there's one scare where all they do just this clown or whatever it is pops out and is just like ha 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 laughing maniacally at someone just finger in the face laughing at someone <laughs> it goes on for so long and it's like the wildest laugh you've ever heard it's uh, it's <laughs> anyway it's a carnival i should have expected it to be goofy but i expected it to be serious that's on me anyway there were some really good moments in this house it's so good the dressing room scares the lion the knife throwing effect and all those bursts of air popping by you and there's that splatter you get when one of the henchmen comes out and smashes something and uh, you know I, something it's it's someone i should say but there's one really good scare you're in this tight space so it's hard to catch on any given run through and it's kind of overshadowed because it's right where dr oddfellow pops out and he's like your soul is mine so it's kind of in a big moment in the house and it's hard to catch it in that tight little glimpse but someone comes out and basically rips off someone's head <laughs> i know i just said this house was goofy and now i'm talking about someone removing someone's head anyway right after that happens head rips off then the headless body you assume it's just a dummy or something just a figure but it takes a step forward it's so simple it's so creative and it fits the whole style of this house it's an underrated moment it's so good i love that moment well done all right, on to another tent house back in the back of the park. This is one of the first houses I did and the sun was out when I went through it so my eyes didn't adjust and I just went through. It was so dark in there. It was so dark. That was a good run through though, sheesh. I basically cried through that run through. Eh, well done. Anyway, we're talking about the darkest deal. This is the Pine Straw Spruce House. It's so hard to pick a favorite moment in here because I don't know, you really can't take any singular moment out of this house because of how impressive the house is. It all works in context. The story builds as you're walking through. The intro with Pine Straw Spruce, he's making a deal with the collector. That's fantastic. It sets up the story so well. It's kind of like how the bug house started last year with the exterminator presentation. Like you get the premise of the house right there in the opening scene. This is what's going on. Now you're about to see all the terrifying twists that go along with this story. I, I just love when they set up a house like that. A lot of houses do this, but not all of them do it as plainly and clearly as this house does it. I like how Dueling Dragon starts with Merlin giving you narration. Anyway, the performance in all the scenes in The Darkest Deal, they're also wonderful. You got Pine Straw Spruce and his guitar. He's in all the clubs. There's a little jump scare out of a piano that's really good. But maybe the biggest turn is in this house is the collector's collection. I don't know what else to call it. The collector's collection. Just that dark ending to the house. And you got jump scare after jump scare after jump scare coming at you. There's so many lighting effects and it's so, I don't know another word for it other than threatening. All the characters, the voice acting, the sound effects. Like it feels like you're in actual danger and like your soul is at stake in that moment. It, it hits. That house just hits. So I guess I would say that's my favorite moment. Is it a cop out to say the whole house is my favorite moment? It's a good house. It's a good house. All right. Two more houses on the list. I don't think I've missed any. But next up is one of the headlining houses of the event, The Last of Us. Everyone in this house is so good. All the actors' movements are on point. It's exactly like 
the clickers, the infected, everything from the Last of Us franchise. Like, it's so spot on. You would think you're in the show or the video game. I haven't played the video game, so I can't say it's like being in the video game, but it's like being in the show, kind of. But the movements are so good. The acting, the actual physical mannerisms and everything, just spot on. I'm imagining if Universal put me in a clicker suit, I wouldn't scare anyone. I like I would just look like a dweeb in a clicker suit. I'm not doing the right movements with my arms, the way I walk and like the way I tilt my head and everything. I wouldn't be doing it right. These actors are so spot on every time I walked through. But there was one type of infected that took it to another level. The bloaters. Every single one of those big fellas, they were putting in the work. They were chasing people. They're out there hustling. They're in your face. And I can't imagine those giant chunky suits are easy to walk in or easy to move around in, but they are hustling in there like so good. And so like that is the last thing I want to get wrapped up in those giant bloaters, the big boys. Woo. That's my favorite moment. Just those guys right there. Excellent work. They leave nothing to the imagination. They're going all out. Like, I actually think they might be infected. Like these guys, <laughs> these guys are going crazy, going wild. The last house on the list is Universal Monsters Unmasked. In some of these houses, I've had issues or trouble picking out my favorite singular moment from the house. This one is so easy for me. And let me just say up front, this is one of my favorite houses of the year. The smells, the sights, the music, the overall aesthetic and design, it's all wonderful. Like it's all such a good experience, but there's one moment in this house that just propelled it. Just, it just, it got me so good. I know there's a bungee scare at the end and a few others along the way. They're all worth mentioning. It, this house is that good, but the mirror scare got me. That's the one that got me the worst. And I kind of got spoiled a little bit. I knew there was a mirror scare going into this. And so when we're walking up to the mirror, I see a mirror in the house. I'm like, oh, this must be where the mirror scare is. And I'm looking at the mirror. I'm watching it. I'm waiting for something to happen. Oh my gosh, I feel so dumb talking about this. So I was looking at the wrong mirror. The way I found that out is because the Phantom of the Opera breaks through the mirror right next to the one that I was looking at. <laughs> And I was directly next to him, like straight up. He got me, scared the daylights out of me, like actual jump. I probably dropped to the floor a little bit. I was done. I should have seen it coming, but I mean, it was better that way that it caught me off guard because I mean, I'm in a haunted house. I want to get scared and I got scared. So well done. I was looking out for the wrong thing <laughs> and I should have like looking every time I walked through that house after that time. I see how stupid I was for thinking it was one mirror and not the other, because clearly one of them is the one that the phantom pops out of. But I was just so caught up in the moment. I saw a mirror and I was just fixated on it. Anyway, that was such a good moment. That's such a good moment. And it, man, just to see a flat mirror and have something 3D pop out, lunge at you, swipe at you, completely terrify you. I just, oof. Gets under your skin a little bit. Anyway, I think I've gone on for long enough. Went through all 10 houses. I think I can count those 10, right? That was 10. I didn't forget any. Anyway, let me know what your favorite moments from these houses were. Do you agree with me? Was I way off base? 
Let me know your thoughts, your favorite moments from these houses. If you want to keep up with me on social media, you could find me at Storybook Amuse on X, formerly known as Twitter. And you could find me on YouTube, Instagram, and threads. Just look up Storybook Amusement. I actually have a new video coming out just a little bit before Halloween. It's about a old, defunct, creepy boat ride at Dorney Park. I always like to make some videos about old spooky attractions around this time of year and so if you're in the mood for an old spooky ride that should be a good one for you look out for it this halloween weekend and also it's kind of a back to form i haven't done a proper history video in a few months but this one is a proper history video so be on the lookout for that anyway thank you everyone so much for listening if you want to support storybook amusement you can do so by checking out the storybook amusement patreon you can join for as little as three dollars per month if you like these podcast episodes i put out the occasional exclusive podcast episode on there if you sign up i'll send you stickers if you live in the u.s you also get early access to videos so my dorney park video is actually up there right now and it's not on YouTube yet. Anyway, I really do appreciate everyone's support. Whatever your level of support is, just liking, sharing, listening, commenting, engaging, whatever it is, I really do appreciate it, all of it. Thank you everyone so much, thanks for listening, and until next time, see ya.